0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fitlistic Wellness Podcast where we talk about everything holistic, health, and wellness related. And today's guest is really special to me, a good friend of mine. I guess even in business we're friends, which is amazing. Um, Callie Rikus, owner, CEO, founder of Body Love. and influencer, I guess, would you say? I, I guess.
1: I kind of hate that word, but I'll take it.
0: Okay, well... It is what it is. It is what it is. So that was an amazing intro. I really appreciate it. (laughs) So I just wanted to get right into it. I know um, a while back um, we met maybe a year and a half ago now. Wow, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that when we met, you had just opened Bolo, and I think it's the most amazing place I've ever been to. It's like like my second home for me. And I know um, you didn't start out that way, and I know you started in television, so I'm just – I'm just wondering how, like, your story is from the transition of being in a television to, like, fitness and health. So, yeah, if you want to take wanna us I take back. a minute,
1: though, to, like, celebrate the evolution of our relationship. Okay. I think that you came to the Bolo pop-up week one. Yeah? We had just launched with Nixware in that really small space across the street, remember? Yeah. And you just were coming to classes. Yeah. And you were, like, just really enthusiastic from day one about what we were doing and the shit that we were up to. And... It was almost like from day one, you were like, yo, if there's any any opportunities ever for me to be a part of this, like, I'm down. And I was like, yeah. all right. <laughs> like, you laid it down from day one, which I really respected. And look Aww. at us now. Like, yes. you um, were one of our founding um, team members Aww. at yes. Big Bolo. Yes. And you just got a promotion. Oh, Which is wow. like,
0: okay. So
1: <laughs> she's evolving. She's growing with the business. Growth. So, like, one time for us.
0: Yes. yes high five to high that five. yes sorry what was the question <laughs> <laughs> so your transition from television to fitness health wellness I just want to hear how it all began for you
1: yeah so I was a tv producer as my career I straight out of school well before I was even done school got an internship at um e-talk at the time it was e-talk daily so oh yeah like, million years ago. I'm,
0: I'm older than I look. Well, I mean, you my, don't look old my, at all. My dermatologist
1: <laughs> is really talented. Um, and I was there for eight years. Kind of evolved uh, within the industry. Like back in the day, celebrity gossip wasn't really a thing yet. It was just sort mm-hmm. of at the, it was just sort of like building. And mm-hmm. I got in at the right time. I had zero experience. I didn't even have a degree in radio and television. But wow. as it turns out in my life, I really like to learn on the fly. Right. And figure it out as I go. It's kind of my MO. Um, I just realized that recently that like, that's just like what I do. Um, I'm so, (laughs) yeah, like I just am a, I'm a school of hard knocks kind of gal. Yeah. (laughs) So I was in TV. I was a mostly focused on like entertainment news and fashion. Mm hmm. And, uh, at the same time, I was really, really into fitness. So I was like, whatever the latest trend was, I was there. I was working out every day. I was just really into exercising. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my friends was boxing. And sort of as a challenge, he was like, yeah, if you think you're fit, like you should come to a boxing class, whatever. <laughs> and so I must have been in my early 20s, so just over 10 years ago, um, that I started boxing and fell mm-hmm. in love with it completely. And it instantly became like my life's passion. So what sort of happened was this life of like working in television during the day mm-hmm. and then uh, like being at the gym all night, every night. It was just sort of like I was at the gym more than I was at home. Wow. Um, and I started competing and I got really seriously into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so my half my life was already in wellness before I was even a professional.
0: For but sure. at
1: one point... I decided that being an enthusiast for fitness like wasn't enough for me mm-hmm. so that's when I decided to like take it to the next level in terms of education certifications I never had the intention on ever teaching anyone I just mm-hmm. wanted to be credible mm-hmm. so especially in my journalism I wanted to be credible as an expert um, sure. as as a resource for people to come to um, for expertise and mm-hmm. um, so that's why I got my personal training certification. I got like really minor nutrition certifications, um, boxing obviously, kettlebells, T R X, like all the bells and whistles. Yeah. And again, like <laughs> I did it just for my own self. Yeah. Uh, and to build my own sort of resume mm-hmm. for journalism. But I never ever 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 wanted to teach.
0: That's so crazy. That
1: side of it kinda came about just as as it does, you know, because life mm-hmm. happens and people are like, Oh, you're you're a trainer now, like, can you train me? And I was like, fuck no, I will not train you. I'm a bad teacher. And I had this, like, kind of reoccurring narrative in my mind that I would be a bad teacher, that I wouldn't be patient enough or that I wouldn't be thorough enough or that I liked to do but I didn't like to teach. Mm-hmm. I always had this idea that if I was at the gym, like, I want to be working. I don't want to be, like, working out. I don't mm-hmm. want to be sitting on the sidelines telling people what to do. And I had this kind of, like... It was like a self-limiting narrative, just as we all have mm-hmm. about ourselves. And when I started teaching, the very first day that I taught anything, I was like, "Holy shit! That was like something just happened to me," where I just realized my own potential mm-hmm. and and discovered sort of like a new purpose. Amazing. Um, specifically, paying forward all the beautiful lessons that boxing had taught me up to that point Mm um it's a it's a totally other longer story but like you know boxing really helped heal me with my body image it helped me see the value of movement um to build skills and strength and sort Mm -hmm. of badassery versus (laughs) to take away weight or to Mm -hmm. make you different or to punish you so I mean I'm sure we'll get into that but um, all those things made me really excited that like suddenly I had this vehicle to help other people
0: explore the same journeys. Um, and that's kind of how that all began. That's that's amazing. Like, I feel like I can relate to you on a really different level yeah. in the sense that I feel like I'm where you were at my age. Mm. Like I might be doing th- some things, but I've just started to hop on to helping other people and mm. it just like there were... I don't know. It's like selfish in a sense because I feel so like rewarded after I know I've helped somebody. It's
1: not selfish, girl. That's, <laughs>
0: that's like when you're aligned. and
1: that, that feeling that you got, that like that fullness, that joyfulness, mm-hmm. that like inner glow, that's mm-hmm. not selfish. That's because you're aligned with your purpose. So like change your script, right? This yeah. isn't like... It doesn't take away from what you're doing because you get fulfillment out of it. It's Mm -hmm. actually the most beautiful thing.
0: Yeah, because you're not only helping yourself in a way, but like you're more so helping another person. And I think what everyone should do, but I mean, there's different careers, not bashing one career over another, but I think it's really different when you have a passion for what you do and you know that it's not just you're going you're paying your bills, but you're making a difference. Yeah, you know going I mean? through the
1: motions thing is not our life.
0: For sure. For, for sure. better or for worse. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so I, w- I wanna kind of really get into what you just mentioned about the whole helping your body image. Cause Bolo, if y- some of y'all don't know yet, you should know because I've had a couple people from Bolo and I've mentioned them on the podcast before that it's amazing, Mm -hmm. but Bolo stands for body love. Mm -hmm. So can we, can we sort of talk about how that came to be and, and how you, yeah.
1: Yeah. So the name body love, um, is not quite as literal as you would think. Like, of course there's a celebration of Mm -hmm. of bodies and there is a definite focus on Mm self-love, but it's not, just about sort of like that, like you go, girl, kind of self-love mm-hmm. um, mantra. It is, mm-hmm. but it's more than that. So when I was conceptualizing this space where you could like sort of do more, compromise less, be more efficient, and and just sort of like get more done yeah. and um, have a more like holistic approach to your life,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I was thinking about all the different ways that we can express love to our bodies. Like one way for sure is like rah rah yes you're amazing yes mm-hmm. that self-love yes. Um, but self love is also challenging yourself mm-hmm. for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. It's nourishing your body in the yes. right ways. It's it's like head to toe. It's it's also you know getting pampered because you deserve it and mm-hmm. because self care is important and it looks different for everyone mm-hmm. and setting yourself up to look beautiful and feel confident and whatever whatever that means to you. So, mm-hmm. bolo the space I. Felt like it embodied in every single different amenity that we have, mm-hmm. um, a sense of of showing your body love.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's not just about like the sort of like hashtag buzzword things you see on Instagram. It's like bigger than that, mm-hmm. and it's more head to toe. It's like a more expansive view of how we can love our bodies because it doesn't always look the same. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look the same for everyone, and it doesn't look the same every day. But mm-hmm. if we can start a life where we hang out with people that make us feel good and supported, mm-hmm. where we can be taught by people who, who are aligned with our values and want to make us stronger and want to lift us up,
0: mm-hmm.
1: if we can challenge ourselves to the right limits so that we're always pushing ourselves but never holding ourselves back or pushing ourselves down, um, if we can nourish our bodies because we love it and not because we want to punish it for what we did on the weekend or the night before. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if we can pamper ourselves to feel confident versus to change how we look. Exactly. So it's just this sort of idea of like loving ourselves wholly and what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Then that's where body love comes in. Um, so that was my thought process. And then to shorten it to Bolo... Um, just came came to me came to us my husband and I at night once we kind of like we were just in the process of really finalizing the branding and we're like what if we called it Bolo and then it was just like oh my god Bolo yes like it just it was like just that moment where it's like it all makes sense yeah and then what I hoped Bolo would accomplish as a name as opposed to the full name all the time was just sort of this like shorthanded um reference Mm-hmm. And what I hope that Bolo will be is like, kind of like, you know, I mean, vision board goals would be like Nike. Yes. It's like, everyone just knows it's Nike. It's like, what is Nike? Nike is, you know, it's just the tip of the tongue. It's like, everybody knows what you're referring to. hmm Um, and with Bolo, what I hope is that it becomes a household name like that where people, people, it's not like, what, oh, what's that? It's, oh, yeah, Bolo. Um... Which, to be honest, like, I feel like it is, is something that's happening, and it's it's really cool. Even if people have never been there, like, oh, I've heard of that, or it sounds yeah. familiar. Um, so that's... And then I wanted to make sure that men felt really comfortable as well, because obviously we're not a female-only mm-hmm. space. Obviously, like, you know, we support women, but we also support men, and I think that 100%. we can exist on the same platform and in the same workouts and pushing the same amount. And um, But I think sometimes the word love deters men, for better or for worse. Like, there's... Sort yeah. of that like macho kind of mentality about the word love or having a heart in in the logo. We're mm-hmm. fucking badasses at Volo.
0: We are. So the heart is even badass looking. It is. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. <laughs> it is. I agree. It's like chiseled and nice and structured. I like it. It's different, but good different. Totally. <laughs> like that was
1: that was the vibe we were going for.
0: So when you again when you transition from television to in the fitness industry and now being an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. just doing your own thing Mm -hmm. take me through the motions of it I'm sure you know by now of course the transition can kind of be a little bit difficult especially when it feels like you're taking a leap yes and emotions have a lot to do with health overall health of course for example like the liver and I've said this before the liver sometimes if it's unhealthy you can express more anger exactly. or like um if you have issues in the lungs sometimes you're it, it's hard for you to verbally express yourself mm. so there's like different emotions that tie to it. and I just want to know when you were going from that transition how was it in not like a physical uh way but more like an energetic emotional like how did the energy kind of get like how did you deal with the transition I guess is what I'm gonna say
1: yeah I mean there's so many different layers and I've had uh, my emotions emotions were like shifting every five minutes yeah um, (laughs) like a a literal infant like one minute I was fine the next minute I was in shambles the minute after that I was so for sure confident in what Mm -hmm. I was doing and then the minute after that I was like what have we done? <laughs> the scariest thing of life. <laughs> so um, I think that all that is normal, and mm-hmm. I think once you kind of accept that that is the part of the process, the sort of like up and down, and and this this sort of like ins- the stability and instability, like being okay mm-hmm. with it. So there's stability in accepting it, mm-hmm. but it's unstable. Um, sure. But at the same time, yes, I took a, like a massive risk. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I th- I've i always been saying, well, most recently, I've been kind of comparing it to, like, childbirth, so I don't have any children, so I don't want to speak out of order, but what I hear from my friends that do have kids <laughs> is, like, if you knew how painful it was going to be to deliver a baby, you maybe would second guess whether you should do it, mm. and I think, like, a lot of moms talk about how, like, they wish everybody was more honest about the process, but it's, like, mm-hmm. actually you need to kind of be a little bit ignorant, especially with the first one so that you can just fucking do it. Yeah. And and taking a risk like Bolo is not different. I think I was so excited about the concept and so positive that it was what I needed to do
0: mm-hmm. that
1: I couldn't see. I was have like blinders on about like the negative things or, or the possibilities of failure. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just like, heavily focused
0: mm-hmm.
1: and heavily focused on, on my purpose and the purpose of Bolo and like just knowing that it was something that I needed and knowing that I am you know I am everyone I am you we are each other mm-hmm. and so just knowing that and feeling so aligned with that sort of mandate um, I think I was just able to put blinders on and do it Mm-hmm. And it, it's almost better that I, I wasn't even looking at the, at the risks or the, the possibilities of failure because I think that I wouldn't have been able to do it as well as I've done it mm-hmm. without knowing. Yeah. So then the, the thing that I've been toying with now is a big sort of new mission for me is helping other young entrepreneurs who want to take similar uh, magnitude risks. Mm -hmm. Um, There were so many issues that I ran into, like, we don't even have time to discuss it. But, like, (sighs) everything from, like, city delays to contractors, um, you know, almost basically blackmailing us for more money to, uh, you know, just, like, everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of me wants to start, like, this sort of, almost like a foundation, helping other young women and just educating them on some of the roadblocks that you might discover. So I had like brands pull out last minute before we moved into the space. Like I said, we were, you know, we were billed for double the amount of money as we had expected for the contract work. Mm-hmm. We were delayed eight months by the city with no explanation, just completely held um, hostage by the city without releasing our permits. And it put us back immensely financially. And from a marketing perspective, we weren't necessarily prepared for those things. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, do I want to help young women navigate this world and open their eyes a little bit more to the issues they might encounter? Or is it just like the natural process to not know, to deal with it, and then to learn from your own mistakes? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think like when people come to me now and they're like, oh, I want to open up a space, whatever. I'm like, okay, take a deep breath. Are you sure? Mm -hmm. because, like, even though I'm so happy and Bolo is, like, all of our homes away from home and it's, Mm -hmm. like, it's working, it's successful, it's bumping, it's buzzing, it's busy, it's doing all (laughs) the things that we wanted it to do, man, it was hard, and it still is. So, like, do I want to be so honest with these young women and kind of fill them in on the shit that they're going to encounter along the way? Mm -hmm. Or should I just, like, let them do what I did, which was, like, head down, blinders on, go through it get through it because you're already halfway there you know you can't turn back now and then like kind of just deal with it later mm-hmm. so it's sort of anyway I don't know if that answered your question but yeah I'm just does. kind of like <laughs> I'm mostly out of the storm right it's almost been like it's been nine months since we moved into big bolo so mm-hmm. we're almost into like the you know the fourth we're basically into the fourth quarter and um and now I'm just starting to reflect on, like, the year that we've had and how fucked up it's been. But and look it. Yes, it's, yeah, it's like, like, totally it. worth
0: it every minute of the day. Like, I'm the happiest I've ever been,
1: but <laughs> holy shit.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, nothing good in life is easy. Well, that's for sure. That's what they say, right? So, like... Except sex. Like, if that's <laughs> bad. if
1: that's hard, then you just got to move on. To <time>. That's staying
0: in the podcast. <laughs> Keeping that. That was perfect.
1: Okay, better not.
0: That. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. So, from you're super busy now, and you're still you're still pretty much at bolo every day. I mean, as far as I can see, or almost every day. But as an entrepreneur who's always so busy. Was it running your own business, you know, going to events, going to other people's podcasts, things like that. So what do you do to stay on track with health and wellness and and keeping yourself first? Because I know as entrepreneurs, we kind of put ourselves on the back burner.
1: Yeah,
0: 100%. But it's definitely important to take some time for yourself when you can. Yeah. So what do you do to like keep your health, your wellness, everything just in balance while doing this?
1: I'm still figuring that out.
0: <laughs> to All be right. Honest. Yeah. I um
1: I guess I left out a piece of my life in between TV and running a business or going into the wellness sphere mm-hmm. where I had to take like a whole year off work cuz my health has had deteriorated. Um So I have many different health conditions. I have uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome, endometriosis. I have issues with my thyroid. I have an inflammatory disease. Um, So my health is like a heavy duty topic in my life. Mm -hmm. And the ramifications of not being totally um, in balance are really difficult to deal with physically. So it's definitely always on my mind, but I don't know that I've, like, mastered the formula yet. For sure. Um, I think, and this is so cheesy, but I think just, like, being so fulfilled just keeps me sort of a little bit afloat or, like, lifted. Mm -hmm. I just feel lifted. Um, And even though things can feel heavy and busy, I always feel light when I'm at Bolo, which is such an incredible... Amazing blessed feeling. Um, And exercise used to be like my one of my forms of self care, but since I do it almost always at work,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I guess people like my therapist says it doesn't count. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, We need to find different self care. Like, okay. Um, And then sleep is huge for Mm -hmm. me. So, really prioritizing sleep. I think one of the sort of most incredible things about running your own business or being self-employed is is the flexibility so of I course. really try to leave my mornings open because if I've had an, an unrestful sleep and I want to sleep a little bit later mm-hmm. that is something that I need to have flexible in my life so mm-hmm. the pressure of having an early morning meeting is a lot for me because I know how much sleep impacts my health. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I do to sort of arm my schedule with a little bit of netting for me mm-hmm. is just to keep my mornings as free as I can, uh, whenever I can, um, because it's so important. And I'm also at Bolo till like nine ten o'clock every night, mm-hmm. um, or I'll be there till nine. I'll go home and answer emails till 10, 10 mm-hmm. So, um, to start my day slightly later, later is like part of my self care sort of. I also have puppies that I like to snuggle and people laugh at me, but honestly, like snuggling my dogs is a form of self-care. It is. It's a form of mindfulness. I'm not using my phone. I'm not thinking about work. I'm totally present in the moment Mm -hmm. Um, and just kind of like so joyful. So like my dogs are part of my self-care routine. For sure. Um, And then I see what we call a soul coach. Her name is Sarah Moncrief. Look her up. She's incredible. She has classes at The Attic um, and also at The Quiet Co. And she's like my spiritual guide, but also like a my therapist. And okay. um, I see her every week. And that's also kind of a part of my my routine that keeps me balanced and keeps me focused on me and trying to process and, and evolve. Um, she's been an incredible addition to my life. And I would suggest that... Everybody has someone to talk to. It doesn't matter what they look like. She's Mm -hmm. not like a psychiatrist or a psychologist, Mm -hmm. but she's like my version of therapy that I need in my life. Mm -hmm. And um,
0: I think everybody should have someone like that. For sure. Yeah, 100%. Um, I like how you brought in your animals because, first of all, they're cute. Second of all, I actually haven't ever talked about this on the podcast. And I did, my whole first episode was just my background story so I mean if you listen to that you might know at this point that like uh several years ago I was diagnosed with a liver disease which is an also an autoimmune condition and I've never told anyone this and I don't think I've ever told anyone why I have a cat but I don't have it here as you can clearly see but back way back um a couple months after I had like gotten my diagnosis like I was like I'm getting a cat and my parents, they were like, "No, you're not getting a cat." I was like, "I need a cat. This is, I I need a cat mm-hmm. for my health. Because mm-hmm. like over the years, I'm like, Mom, I want a pet. I want a I want a dog. I want a cat. No, you can't have one. But then at that point, I'm like, It's for my health. It's Happening, Mom. Just yeah. Get over it. But like it was like one of the best things I could have ever done for myself. Yeah. And I think it's like really important, and a lot of people maybe don't realize that like. Fur babies are like so important for like self care and like a happy happy hormones to be released in your brain and Mm -hmm. things like that. And
1: yeah, like I dare you to try to be upset while you're snuggling a puppy. Right? I dare you. Just fucking try. If you can do it? At me (laughs) if it happens. Yeah. If you can possibly get into a dark space while your dogs are sitting on top of you and licking your face, I want. To know about it. Yeah, because... You're a special creature.
0: Yes, 100%. 100%. And, you know, I like how you mentioned between your transition, you had a year of just, like, uh, re- taking care of your health, taking yeah. a step back and mm-hmm. taking care of your health, because I don't know if you've heard this before. Maybe you have. Maybe you haven't. Um, something I learned a while ago, and it's something that has resonated in the back of my head for a very long time, ever since I heard it. Um Your body cannot heal in the same environment that it got sick in. And I love that. I take that to heart because I remember during my diagnosis that time I was in high school, it was really hard. Like, you can't get out of that environment until you're finished, right? Mm -hmm. But I remember after I finished university, mind you, I mean, after I finished high school, and that was the year I was diagnosed, grade 12, the summer before grade 12. And I remember after I was finished high school, I was going to come, I wanted to come to nutrition school at Ryerson. Mm-hmm. So um, I was like, mom, I'm going to apply to Ryerson. She's like, you know, Guelph has the same, has the same program. You you can just live at home. And I'm like, no, I just need to get out of here. Yeah. And I feel like ever since I've moved to Toronto, it has been like a huge shift in environment. Yeah. And I feel like I'm the healthiest I've ever been like you know what I mean it's it's crazy to think about but yeah I mean there's contributing factors to every sort of illness of whatever health condition but I think it's the environment that people seem to miss out on
1: yeah and I think we can get lost in the hustle and not be mm-hmm. um, as plugged in yeah as we need to be because we're so busy and mm-hmm. um, we're so s- sort of like sidetracked by all the little things that we have to get done in the day. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure that everybody always stops to ask themselves, like, how are you? Or, of course, like, take a minute to really slow down, except like in vacation time, mm-hmm. um, which is so few and far between in our society. Of course. And so, for me, especially, I had pushed for so long in so much pain that I had no choice but to completely stop everything. Um, so if I could go back, maybe I would have been a little bit kinder to myself earlier on in my struggles with health. I just tried to like put a mask on and just my cape and try to be a superwoman. But it really mm-hmm. like it backfired. Um, and I think I ended up worse off because I tried to push for so long.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, And I think, you know, I'm so, so tightly connected to the feeling of like the stigma of being sick. The reason why I tried to keep it so under wraps is because I didn't want anyone to think less of me. As an athlete, as a producer, as kind of like a cool girl, party girl, fun Mm -hmm. girl, whatever, I was like, if everybody knows I'm sick, they're going to look at me different. They're going to treat me different. My bosses aren't going to rely on me. They're not going to trust me to get it done. Um, My boxing coach is going to think I'm weak. Mm -hmm. Um, And those things were scary. So I just tried to pretend like everything was fine until my body just couldn't do that anymore. Um, I left CTV one day with a ruptured ovarian cyst that put me in the hospital. So I went straight from work to the hospital. Oh my God. I filmed a live show. So I was working at the social at the time. I filmed a live show. It ruptured during the show, but I couldn't even react like I don't know anyone out there who's ever had a ruptured ovarian cyst it's like the possibly the most painful thing you can one of the most I mean I shouldn't say that because everyone's pain is different but it fucking hurt a lot Mm -hmm. um and I went straight to the hospital and then I just never went back to work like it was just it was the last straw and I just couldn't do it anymore um but of course they waited till the end of the live show because like god forbid I would have you know bailed early because that (laughs) wasn't my MO yeah. Um, and I just put, push myself to my absolute limits, like for real. But the year that I was off, um, like you said, like again, yeah, of course it helped me change my environment to heal. Uh, it also gave me some space physically and, um, mm-hmm. you know, just gave me some time to breathe, to think, um, to feel mm-hmm. and to, to truly become more in tune with what my body was feeling and what it needed, and um, and to process it emotionally, because for so long I had just tried to pretend like it wasn't a thing that was ever going to deter me. And then I was like, no, this is my life, like this is my reality. And and then that is when I started to think about, okay, well, what does my life look like if I can't push to the same degree in the same in that same life? And all I had ever known was being a TV producer. Like I said, like I was still in school when I got that job, so. had never stopped and asked myself, like, what do I want to do? What will I be outside of that building? Mm -hmm. And I think actually a lot of people who work in that industry, in that building, have that feeling of, like, what is life outside this place? Because it's, like, it was our home. It was our life. We grew up there together. Mm -hmm. And once I started to get some physical and emotional space, I started to, like, recognize that there was way more things on my bucket list and things that were still utilizing my skills Mm
0: -hmm. that I
1: could hone in on. And that was like the first risk I ever took, was um, leaving that exact industry and doing my own thing and going freelance. Um, And I never would have, well, I don't want to say I never would have done it, but definitely taking the year on disability was a huge catalyst in sort of like pushing me forward towards what I needed creatively, physically, emotionally, like all the things. And so in one way, my illness, was obviously awful and horrible to go through and painful in so many ways um and then it was also you know one of the best journeys because it led me closer to where I am now it found your passion yeah and I just started to, and I trusted myself to just take that first leap you know yeah and I think if we just if we all just had a year to sit down and think about what we were truly wanted to do and what our like, what our fulfilled life looks like, mm-hmm. we would all be closer to, to where I am now, you know? Yeah. Um, and, of course, like, there were so many things that gave me so much privilege at that time, so um, I never want to take for granted, like, the privilege I had to take a year off on disability mm-hmm. with a pension, getting paid to heal. Like, wow, that is something that never um, goes over my head. Uh, a lot of people aren't afforded that luxury mm-hmm. anybody who isn't on salary or isn't with a big corporation um, anybody who's self-employed I see you I get it that's hard mm-hmm. um, and and even now it's scary for my husband and I um, because we're both self-employed so yeah. that's fucking terrifying so we have no safety net mm-hmm. um, and 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 so to go from one extreme to the other, like, if God forbid something were to happen now and I couldn't work for a while, like, ooh, that would be tricky because mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't be afforded the same privilege to heal while feeling, you know, confident that my life would continue the way it has. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to say that, like, we all need to check our privilege sometimes, you know, and, and definitely course. for me, like, that was a moment of privilege to take time to heal, to educate myself, to to think about what I wanted and then to act on it from a place of kind of control and, and strength, it's huge.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, if you're comfortable talking about it, where are you with all of your health at this point? Like, how is everything?
1: Yeah, no, I'm totally comfortable. I'm an open book. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's an ongoing struggle, mm-hmm. to be honest, but I'm probably the most stable I've been in a really long time. Mm -hmm. So it's always on my mind. Like you're kind of never without it. And I don't know Mm -hmm. if you feel like that. It's just sort of like a piece of you. Yeah. And so even when you're well, you're always aware that like tomorrow morning you could wake up and it could be different. Mm -hmm. And there's a little bit of mistrust in my body, which is sort of a scary feeling where I'm like, I don't always know the reason. Like I can't always pinpoint it. Oh, I feel sick because X, Y, and Z. Like someone with celiac disease can say, like, okay, if I have gluten, I'll be sick. Mm-hmm. But if I go through these motions, you know, I know I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not that easy. Maybe I'm simplifying, and I apologize if that's if that's the case. But, you know, things where it's like a mathematical equation, like mm-hmm. 1 plus 1 equals 2. For me, it's like 16 plus 24 equals 3. Like, it <laughs> doesn't always make sense, and I can't always predict it. So mm-hmm. it can blindside me at inopportune times. Well, it's never opportune to feel sick. Mm-hmm. Um and, and some of it is scary also from a body image perspective because of a lot of the stuff that happens to me deals with inflammation and can cause my body to do weird things, to take weird shapes and have no rhyme or reason. So mm-hmm. I fluctuate a lot and it has zero to do with what I'm eating mm-hmm. um, or how much I'm working out. Like it's just not what it's about anymore. Yeah. Um, so there's like a, you know... There's like a piece of it that also pulls on the strings of my eating disorder past where mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I can't control it and we just want to control everything, right?
0: Yeah, 100%. Um,
1: so yeah, that's the, that's the honest answer. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. Even if it's not physically flaring up, it's always there for, with me yeah. um, as a fear in the back of my mind and I sort of like exist in fear a lot of the time. It's why I'm also really scared to do too much socially. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I seem really lame. (laughs) When? I do. do. No, I do. I like, you know, like I missed a big birthday party last weekend and Mm -hmm. I have to sometimes kind of be moderate. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a lot older than everyone, first of all, but also this health thing, especially with the amount of stress and the amount of cortisol like I already have in my body, putting myself through exhausting weekends is just simply something that my body can't afford. Mm-hmm. So I have to be mindful and that kind of sucks. Sometimes mm-hmm. I wish I didn't. You yeah.
0: Know? Um, it's just not what it used to be. Yeah. I mean, I can relate to that pretty well because yeah. it's the same for me. Like I don't, I'm not a very social person. Mm-hmm. And if I do go out, it'll be, have to be for a special occasion and yeah. it has to be with the right people mm-hmm. because especially for me like i don't know about you but like i don't really tell a lot of people about my health history like unless they follow my social media they don't really know about it and i don't like to talk about it because i feel like it kind of puts a label on me like you were Mm -hmm. kind of saying like people might treat you different Mm -hmm. and i mean regardless if i'm in remission or not it's the same thing like it's considered something chronic and who knows i could have a flare at any time but Especially being like a liver issue, I have to be really careful because like a lot of people my age, their way to socialize is like going out and going to the club, getting drunk. Mm-hmm. That hasn't ever really been my thing. Yeah. And I don't want to have to feel like people are worried for me when I'm out. Like, Jenna, are you okay? Are you going to be okay? Like, I'll be fine. I'm that type of person mm-hmm. who doesn't like to be put as a center of attention. Yeah, but understand. sometimes when I feel like people know too much about me, they might worry a little bit. You know I what I mean?
1: Would, yes, I do. One hundred percent, no, I do. I would, co- I would encourage you to kind of shed that fear because I think mm-hmm. people, in in my experience, a lot of people will surprise you in how they'll show up for you, and if mm-hmm. you just let them in and fill them in on how you want them to show up,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and the people who know you and know that you're capable and strong and confident and badass, knowing that about you, I don't know would shift, if that would shift their perception of you. Yeah. Um, and knowing that you are so well versed in, in wellness and in self care and in nutrition, how to feed the body, how to fuel the body. Um, I think that, I don't know that people would be, would treat you with as much of kitty gloves as you think that they would. I don't know. I mean, I would be interested to see, I think in my life. Um, especially in the last f- four, five years, mm-hmm. um, I've really realized that just being honest with people, it just feels the best.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: the more you share, the more people share with you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you'll be shocked like just by opening up what people will give back about their lives and their insecurities and their mm-hmm. wellness um, strifes and things like that and it's a really beautiful thing when people start to be honest and connect on their like authentic truths It sounds so fucking cheesy. It
0: it does, but I it makes sense. It makes sense. It really does.
1: So you know, and you can't push it. Like when you're ready to sort Mm -hmm. of share that part of you, and you don't have to wear it on your sleeve. Like it doesn't have to be you every day. Like Mm -hmm. me as a CEO. Like I'm not like, oh, Callie the CEO who also has health problems. (laughs) I'm just Callie, right? Yeah. And then, but when it's relevant and it comes up, I I feel really passionately that it's such a big part of who I am. It makes me see the world how I see it and it's mm-hmm. definitely shaped my life creatively as an entrepreneur as a boss as a manager um, as a communicator as an instructor as a coach like all those things it's it's a beautiful piece of me like it, it's been mm-hmm. shitty and, it, and it's hard sometimes but I've accepted that it's sort of like a chunk of my heart and it's mm-hmm. it's it's really changed me for the better, I think. I think. Yeah. 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 Well,
0: I mean, I didn't know you beforehand, but I'm pretty sure that's probably true because that's, it normally molds you into like a different person. It does. See the world in almost like a different perspective. It's like, if I can do this, I can do anything.
1: I can do anything and to see, to see people, to understand, um, to understand the struggles that people might be going through behind Mm -hmm. the scenes, to understand like the kindness that needs to be shared through the world
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um to be understanding as a manager of like all the circumstances that can take place Mm -hmm. and um and just to understand like where we need to take the wellness trends in order to get people aligned faster Mm -hmm. like if I could have just been a little bit more intuitive to what my body was going through again like I said and and not pushed as hard and taken a minute to be like, okay, what do I need to heal myself before it breaks to a place where I have to go on disability?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like if I can help even by you know, one millimeter, one one ounce of difference for someone mm-hmm. else to not have to go through that amount of struggle to get to alignment, that is that's an awesome purpose.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, it's so, like, again, I'm gonna take it back to, like, it's been. it's so rewarding to be able to help someone, and I think that, for me as well, like, I don't want anyone to have to deal with the BS that I did, like, yeah. it's, it's not fun, but I don't, I don't, I have no regrets about it, like, yeah. I wouldn't change it, because if I did, who knows who the person I'd be today, right, exactly, and I think, that's like that's an amazing way to like live life having to hit a rock bottom quote unquote walk, rock bottom and just move forward from there and grow and learn yeah. and just build yeah create whatever and rise rise, rise above it yeah i mean hella cheesy now i love it no <laughs> yeah,
1: but it's real like it is cheesy and i think maybe five years ago i would have like I wrote up my own <laughs> self, but being here where I am and having like lived it and seeing it every day from a ground level perspective, seeing people rise to the occasion, seeing them shift their mindsets, seeing them in, um, surpass their own expectations, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's a really beautiful thing and it's and it's possible and it happens all the time and you just have to create space to kind of show yourself what's up.
0: Yeah. And I mean, what you've created with everything you've done with Bolo, with turning into a CEO, I'm like, it's super inspiring to me. And I'm, and I'm sure like you've inspired so many other people because all these people from like the social, for example, I see them almost every day now. So like they support you. And it's, it's so amazing to like have a community like that. Because I think even regardless of what anyone's going through, I think to have a community or, like, even, I would call it a family mm-hmm. of people just on your side. It, yeah. like, makes you way stronger, and it it motivates you to just take that extra leap and um, move forward and grow and just keep building something so positive and amazing. Yeah. And community
1: I think... Community is huge. And, again, it's a buzzword, right? Community mm-hmm. has become a buzzword. But it's it's, like the most incredible armor ever Mm -hmm. to sort of have the backing of these people that you may or may not have known for that long even, but your values are aligned and you just want the best for one another. Mm -hmm. And you're all kind of on the same wavelength and fighting the same fight. And maybe you're at different stages in that fight, but you're all kind of fighting the same fight, fighting the good fight. And um, I... Like, I feel so bolstered by our community all the time. Like, we, our space got robbed last week. Mm-hmm. Many people know this. Um, fuck that guy. But <laughs> but honestly, like, the amount of love that was shown that day and that week and the amount of sort of, like, support just in, in one emoji – send just to say like I'm thinking about you and we've got your back and um, I just can't explain or describe that fulfillment so this really you know crappy thing happened and then the community shows up for you even the smallest ways and mm-hmm. it gives you the most the most fulfillment um, and part of what I want to do is make sure that everybody has that community feeling mm-hmm. and so so much of what we do like in events and things for me is to help show people Mm -hmm. how many people they have in their own community that they they may or may not even be aware of or maybe accessing Mm -hmm. or maybe using to strengthen themselves um so yeah community vibes all the way
0: all the way and i think that's an amazing way to end the podcast so now i just want to like give you the floor, let you plug in classes, Uh events coming up, maybe like special events or cool things you're doing personally, let the people know. Okay, (laughs) I mean, I guess like the biggest thing, and
1: I just mentioned it, is just that Bolo is so much more than a gym, it's so much more than a cafe, it's so much more than a salon. Uh, It is a community, it is an event space, it's a gathering space, it's a family space, and so much of my of my mantra and my goal right now with Bolo is to just keep increasing that side of the business. Mm-hmm. So we have a women in business networking night this week. If you miss it, it's going to be a reoccurring thing where just I want women who are in business or thinking about business, maybe they are they have a side hustle or maybe they're looking to take a leap like I did or maybe they've done the leap and they're trying to expand or, or create more strategy or find new investors. Wherever you're at, I just want people to find... Like minded individuals that they can just like have a glass of wine with and schmooze or collaborate with or Mm -hmm. just get advice from. Um, So that's something that I'm really excited about. Like I said, mentoring other entrepreneurs and and giving us a space to just kind of chat. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I have a series called The Breakfast Club. which I'm really passionate about because it's not an evening thing. Sometimes evenings are long, a big commitment, mm-hmm. but this is like, get it all done. It's the epitome of bolo. It's like mm-hmm. efficiency, feeding your brain, feeding your body, feeding your mind, like all the things. So it's like workout breakfast and a workshop with an incredible expert. Next week, it is Adele Teblin who's one of my closest friends. She's a Cognitive Behavioral Therapist. Um, She's an expert in all things nutrition and wellness and sort of like healing yourself inside out, understanding why we have the habits we do and how we can change them from a holistic, like really, uh, really impactful perspective. Um, So just things like that. Just keep connected. Boldo Inc. on Instagram. And I'm Callie Fit from my own instagram handle although yes. i feel like all my love is going into bolo these days but um but yeah i mean that's where i share all my woes and my my sort of inspo
0: yes well thank you so so much for coming and joining thank me you, on the podcast this, so <laughs> this was so fun and um yeah y'all hit up Callie if you want to chat um, and hit up know. Jenna
1: if you want really good Bulletproof Coffee.
0: Oh, yeah. I <laughs> She's mean She's kind of an expert. I, I am. Yeah. Professional. The <laughs> best Bulletproof Coffee in the city, hands down. I just said it. Come at Bolo there Cafe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. If you like this podcast, give it a great rating. Subscribe. Ne- leave me a really nice comment or just, you know, slide into the, the DMs and say hi. I mean, I'm always here. But, yeah. Until next time, guys. Have a good rest of your week.